Yeah. All right. Jose James with Art Blakey's Monin, a very, very uh, classic tune. This is Lead Stories. I'm Utrice Lead. And guess what? It's Free Your Mind Friday. Let me explain. I always have to explain so that when I take drastic action, <laughs> you know why. It is your chance to voice an opinion. That's a key word that you, you have to learn. Opinion. It's not you just saying, well, I think or I feel. No. It is your reasoned opinion. And it's about something that you think matters to the community and something that people ought to know. But most importantly, you are taking some kind of position on the issue. Whether you're for it or against it, that's up to you. And we should understand that people do have varying opinions about things as they ought to, because we all see the world very differently. So we ought to have a, a, a high tolerance level for views with which we disagree. However, if you disagree, you better have a good reason. And that means you have facts to the contrary. You can't just say, well, I don't like the way that sounds. I don't, I don't think that's right. That's not the way you counter an opinion. So this is an exercise in bringing to bear the other side or the other aspect of how you operate from day to day with influencing people. And you influence people by bringing to bear an opinion about a key issue affecting, affecting the community, and it matters. And you are enlightening us as to why you hold the position that you do. Now, it sounds simple, but I know it's a little testy, but it's okay. You're among friends. <laughs> well, you are a rug friends. We forgive a whole lot because you're trying very hard, and that's very good. And you're getting better and better. And this is a vital component of your work. When I say your work, I don't mean, oh, 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 oh. I mean, even in your casual contact with people, you may not be aware of it, but you are influencing people. And sometimes you have the unique opportunity of influencing them at a point where they could use your leadership. They could use your rationale for things. They could listen to you and say, oh, I didn't think about it that way. And therefore, you are ratcheting up a bit this notion of educator, you see, very important. The educator has to know how to educate, how to get your point across, even if people disagree, and perhaps especially if people disagree, because you can counter with your other set of facts, which people are not generally exposed to or privy to. They're used to hearing one side only. So, there you go. It is Free Your Mind Friday. That's what the task is. The task is to let us in with your permission, of course, your kind permission. You let us into how your mind is working, what, what you're thinking, and why you're thinking it. And you make a case. Let somebody disagree with you and let them make their own case. But it's important that you make your case and you move away. Don't make yourself say, I feel, I think. That's not an opinion. 
an opinion is a rational, well thought out explanation for the position that you hold. And remember, we all are educators. We are all influencing people, whether you are aware of it or not. And sometimes you encounter somebody at a pivotal moment. They may not have expressed it to you, but they're walking around with some thoughts in their heads. And you come into contact with them and you start what you think is just a conversation, but in fact, it's much deeper than that. It's far more, uh, um, it's, it's got a lot of breath to it. All right, so I'm listening to hear your opinion, and I'm listening to hear what undergirds your opinion. Okay, that's your training now. You, you have to train yourself how to communicate what you are thinking or how you communicate a perhaps a political, one could say, a political position that you, you, you have um, that may not even be popular, but you have a good case that you can make if uh, you get into a discussion with someone. All right, the number to call is 888-874-4888. And I got to hear an opinion, an opinion, not a rambling thing. You're not going off and then I got to reel you in. No, 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 no. You, you're better than that now. You can even tell for yourself whether you kind of, you sauntered off and quickly reel yourself back in. Jackie from New York, you start us today. You start off. Good afternoon to you and the listening family. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you. My opinion is based upon uh, my reading, political activism, and awareness of what is current, the current issues here in my state, New York State and um, the upcoming primary races and the gubernatorial race, gubernatorial race for um, the Democratic candidate. So my opinion is that the people of the state of oh, New York... By the way, let me just interrupt for a second, uh, because this is very important. You don't have to say my opinion. You just say what it is. We know you're expressing an opinion. <laughs> Okay, you trees. <laughs> okay. I'm being very careful with you because you, you some people you uh, pinch it with, and other people you cut them off at the knees. So I don't want to be cut off at the knees today. I want to. No, I couldn't do that to you. <laughs> you need your knees. Yes, I do, even though they creep and they hurt from time to time, but I'm thankful for them. Okay, now. Uh, currently in the state of New York, we have upcoming primary, and there's three candidates running on the Democratic side and one on the Republican and one on uh, some other party. I don't know if it's the Green Party or the Working Party. But anyhow, I want to speak to the issue of uh, Governor Hochul, who's raised millions of dollars, and she's sort of like the darling Democratic candidate. I do not support her, and these are my reasons why. Currently in the state of New York, they have what they call a signed council panel for people who are poor and need representation in the criminal and family courts. The uh, um, fee that the attorneys are paid is $75 an hour. It hasn't been raised in 20 years. And a lot of people look at it as, oh, it's just a group of lawyers crying about getting more money. But that's not the issue. The issue is that uh, the lawyers have left because they just cannot sustain, you know, all the expenses that it goes along with uh, maintaining a practice representing poor people with uh, no increase in salary. Now, this is the issue. Governor Hochul has gone to great lengths to say that, oh, she supports the women's right to reproductive and protection in abortion cases. I don't have a problem with that. 
and she's gone to great lengths to uh, push through legislation regarding guns and purchases of long guns. I don't have a problem with that. But what people do not know is that she, even though both houses of New York State Legislature passed uh, bills that the attorney should get an increase, she did not sign it. And why didn't she sign the, the um, legislation? Because the upstate counties in the state of New York would have to bear the financial burden of paying for the uh, children as well as the adults in the family court practice. And on the criminal side, uh, the counties would have to pay, which means more monies that the counties are putting out. Downstate, New York City covers part of the fees uh, for the uh, uh, practice, and part of it is paid for by the state. So in essence, families and children and people who have been accused of crimes are not able to get assigned counsel easily because there's not enough funds to cover the payment of the attorneys. And this is a woman who claims that she's concerned about families and she's concerned about children. And there's a clear distinction between whom she favors upstate versus downstate. She found the money for a multi-million dollar uh, stadium in Buffalo for the football team. Uh, her husband has some type of uh, um, of uh, contrast between, you know, his role in that and her role as a governor. No one's talking about that. And uh, no one is talking about the fact of the city of Buffalo has a very long history of discrimination in housing in terms of the uh, financial status of the black citizens versus the white citizens. Black people in Buffalo, for the most part, earn about one half of what the white citizens of Buffalo earns. No one's talking about that. And um, she's from that area, and people just get caught up in these headline type of issues and not look deeper into the actual politician's role. It's way overdue that people begin to think about forming an alternative party. They've tried several times. It's not the first time they tried to form a third party to challenge uh, the existing parties, and it's been very difficult. Most of the time, uh, the people who try to establish a third party alternative are sabotaged, either through their petitioning mechanism or whatever. Okay, so that's my that's my uh, word for the day. That's what's on my mind. And, well, uh, you you enumerated a number of things that would that were critical of Governor Hochul, and you pointed out why, in so many ways, you pointed out why she should not be supported for re-election. But I have a question for you. All the things that you pointed out, what exactly is your problem with them? What my problem is is that it's not an even-handed administration of funds and not an even-handed administration of services to poor people. Well, could you, could you tell me any instance where there has been even-handedness when it comes to administration of funds? No, I can't. At any time. Oh, there you go. So she's a typical politician. She's not doing anything exceptional, exceptionally wrong. She is following the the map, the political map. Your statement that she's not doing anything exceptionally wrong. Anytime a certain group of people are oppressed, for the benefit of other people, that's exceptionally wrong. It's like saying, oh, you know, we always had murder, we always had thievery, and therefore don't be shocked or surprised. I'm not shocked or surprised. I'm calling for a change. I'm not saying that uh, I'm not aware of what she's doing. I'm saying that people need to be aware of what politicians do and be also aware that they need to hold them accountable. And thirdly, they need to find alternative methods 
to remove them from office if they don't comply with, uh, you know, the services and justice for all people. This, this guess issue what, about guess Trump. what? Guess what? You just, you just in your presentation, you only just expressed an opinion. Well, I don't Are you aware of that? I'm just giving you the fact, the background, because everybody... No, we don't want background. We want your opinion. Okay, well, as you interpreted, that was my opinion. I believe that people <laughs> This is what I mean. It took you, you went down the road, and you turned the corner, and you climbed up the hill, and all of that, to give us and I'm not being critical of you, but you spent some time laying out the reasons why we should think like you. You That's where you start. You should start. It is, I'm offended that we're going down the same road again. And you're back into your argument. We don't need to know the history of, whatever it is, we need to know what your opinion is and you get to it. Well, I, I respectfully disagree with that, Eutrice, because okay. sometimes, okay, this is a national show. People in California, Utah, wherever, Chicago, they're not going to know what the background and the history of an issue in New York State is. So that was my But reason. they don't have to know because they're not voting here. What they need to know is how you have analyzed a political dilemma that isn't being resolved. People are not talking about it. As, as, As important as it is to have mobilized around this, you're presenting something to people for the first time. Well, I I agree in part, and the other part that we have a problem here is that there's been a redistricting of the uh, congressional lines and the voting districts, and that has caused um, Democratic congressional representatives to be put in a place where they're going to have to run against one another. So you have two seasoned congressional persons now, the way the lines have been with uh, redrawn, they may have to run against one another. So that dilutes political power, especially in the black community, but not only in the black community, in other communities as well. And it dilutes the power, and it causes sort of like an infighting mode as opposed to being prepared. That's what it's designed to do. So it's doing what it is designed to do. You know, we can't, we can't say... Well, this is this these are the bad things that people are doing. They've been doing it. The question that your illustration begs is what will it take for people to get off their butts and protect their interests? Well I've been saying They're standing Huh? I've been seeing that. I've been asking that question for fifty-five years at retreats. Okay. I well, have then we have to come to a different conclusion. You get exactly what you get if you don't take your own interests seriously. If you don't take your interests seriously enough to get involved, get off your rusty industry and do something, that's what you're going to get. And that's your opinion, and it is a valid opinion. And that's where you need to start your argument. You don't need to take us along the scenic tour. Okay. Well, I'll remember that the next time I call in, and I ask that. um, (laughs) (laughs) But you see what I mean? You don't have to spend. You're using your valuable time giving us the tour. We know the tour. Really. It's in every district, especially in so-called minority districts. But your opinion is really a call to arms, except that you're not presenting it that way. I'm taking it that way, but to preserve 
I'm over 70 years old. I'm not going to tell you my exact age, but I've been in this struggle for over 50 years. I have uh, battled on all kinds of levels, starting from when Eleanor Bumpers was murdered by the police department. As young women, we went to meet with the then police commissioner. So I don't, I, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to blow my own horn or, you know. Nobody even thinks that. I can tell you nobody thinks, nobody listening to you thinks that, that you're blowing your own horn. I'm saying you, you, you have to shape up your opinion to shake people up. (laughs) Get to the point. The real point is, if you not, if you continue doing what you're doing, we'll continue getting what we've been getting. That's the point. But the point. And here we are in another political season, where essentially what you're saying is that so many districts are imperiled because of lack of involvement and lack of action, so that you increase the political power such as you have. That's what you say. Yes, I'm saying that. But my my issue is, and perhaps, you know, as I close out and listen to other people and listen to you, I feel like the prophet who's screaming in the wind. I, as I told you, for over 50 years I've been involved in these kinds of things, okay? Now, when are the people going to heed the call for change. So if somebody has a... When they have no choice, when they are out of options, when it is so bleak that they can't see what the next step is in their own interest. Some people wait or have to be forced into action because they just won't study what it is that they're living in and living with and uh, making up their minds to do something about it. I mean, you did a great analysis. It's right on point. No question about it. But we've been through analyses like this hundreds of times. We've gotten exactly the same result, which is nothing. Because people are not motivated, not even in their own interest. But it's going to take so, a complete overhaul from top to bottom, and less in the political realm, starting with the boards of elections. Everything it has, everything has to be changed. Everything. It's not one thing. Yes, but you can't. You have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. You can't wait for a methodical attack where, you know, first we're going to attack, attack this and then we're going to solve that and then we're going to do the other and the, the next thing will follow. No, I'm not you have to that. fight. You have to be a total structural change. I will give you another question. Yes, it does. But it can't, you, you're calling for a structural change. You just finished telling us people aren't doing anything. Where is the change going to come from? Well, I don't know. I guess they'll have to pay $45 (laughs) a pound for fish and $15 for a gallon of gas, and then they won't be able to give their babies formula because there won't be any formula unless it comes from another country, and they're price gouging the baby formula here already. I mean, this is to me like common sense. If you can't feed your baby, what more political activism than do you need? But we are tired, are we not, of going through the thing that says, if this is common sense, if you could see it, you could smell it, you could taste it, you know this is completely out of order. And all you do is talk about what needs to be done, but you're not doing a damn thing. Then you deserve exactly what you got. No, I don't. I don't feel. I used to feel that way, but I don't anymore. Because I know that people are blind and they don't even understand. And they are so. You have two spectrums. Either people are so downtrodden they don't even know how to get up, or at the other end of the spectrum, it's let them eat cake because I got mine and you have to get yours. Okay. 
So that's that's just as evil and ignorant as the, the downtrodden spectrum, you know, because the system that I work in, uh, I can't go into all the details about it, but one time I had a matter and I wanted uh, the, the, uh, a washing machine for my client who had seven children. And these other women who I work with are women of color. They had a nerve to, oh, how can you ask the city to pay for a washing machine? I said, well, how can you buy a $400 handbag, but you're not concerned about a woman with seven children and lupus to get a washing machine? See, this is what I'm trying to say. It's such a spectrum of overarching ignorance, and people revel in the idea that that's not me. You know, I, that's how the system keeps people apart. Oh, that's not me. That's not my family. That's not my concerns. So all of these. I, things, I understand your point, but I still say this: at some point, you have to either stand up and fight or just lay down and not even bother to get up at some point. That's, that's, and and I'm saying, fish, that's fish are cut bait. That's where people fish are cut bait. I think the majority of people are laid down and fight, or cannot fight because of exhaustion, overwhelm. A million it doesn't matter what the reason is. I'm, we, we keep giving ourselves reasons for why we aren't doing what we're doing. Oh, we're tired. We're I agree with you in I agree with you in part. A million people died in the United States as a result of COVID. You don't think the impact of that grief and loss and being separated from your loved one, even at death, has some kind of chilling effect on people's political and activist motivation. People don't even well, think we, about we went through AIDS. Died. Where was we AIDS? went through the AIDS epidemic that practically wiped out black and Latino populations. I agree. And it didn't seem to make an impression on people about how and they should it? situate themselves to deal in the future the about their own health. What was the main factor that distracted people away from the political and healthcare issues? When AIDS struck, they tried to place it on gay people in the gay community. So this is always a mechanism that tries to separate the people that are oppressed from the people that are doing the oppression. So this is what the mechanism with AIDS was, the oh, you know, that's the gay disease. That, that was a lie as we know it. But I'm saying to you that this is one of the mechanisms that is put out there for people to adopt. People have to But we know that. That's history. That's on the books. We, we know that. I'm asking, okay, what exactly are you taking comfort in? That you know now what you didn't know then? Or that you know now what you can do to avoid a repeat do you have some experience that you've called from that that says i can start something to fix this problem we always have a a, a whole parcel of excuses as to why we, we we dare not even attempt it I'm not and then we wonder why I'm when the no, i'm not talking to you specifically okay. on that point I'm saying that we got to stop it. We are, in fact, encouraging these uh, positions because people have seen that they can implement them. There's not going to be much resistance, let alone organizing, organizing an alternative system. So they have nothing to fear. Hoko, the governor, should be as apprehensive as possible about her future, her political future. But she doesn't have to be because she understands what the what what the situation looks like. She is not being harmed. She's in no danger of being of losing her political office. Who in the black community is organizing against her? She's safe. 
I agree with everything you're saying. And I don't know, and I'm, I consider myself a politically aware person. I don't know anyone in the black community that's organizing against her. She's parading in the black churches. She's parading around with the, um, um, the black pastors. And I don't hear any criticism of her. The only criticism I've heard is the one that's the problem that I told you about, the lack of money for assigned counsel. And that directly impacts of poor people and people of sure. the black community. I don't have Absolutely. anybody talking about that. So, but, but well, you, know. you gave us something to think about, and what I distill out of what you have said is the need for people to get real about our political, our shared political Political's circumstances. Demise. I would call it and we are responsible. We are responsible for lack of action. We are responsible for ushering these systems into office that don't give a damn. They couldn't care less. Why? Because we couldn't care less. May I say one more thing in closing? Um, yes. One please. of the congressional races is they're pitting the ninth congressional um Congresswoman uh, against the uh, eight, uh, which is Hakeem Jeffries. Hakeem Jeffries is third in line to become the Speaker of the House. Now, now he may be in, forced to do a, um, you know, political runoff uh, with another uh, black female Congresswoman. Um, so these are the kinds of things that I'm I'm referring to. Yes, but this is what politics is. If you are a politician and you don't know tactics, you don't know what the, the enemy is going to do or is likely to do, you're not prepared, then get out. But the There's no, We have no reason to give them excuses. We have none. And these tactics is the same over and over and over again. And that's, that's what, what makes it so offensive to me. You've been down this road many, many times, and still we continue going down the same road. Aren't we fed up? Aren't we disgusted with this? How many times must you be had before you realize you've been had? No, I agree with you. Well, All right. thank you for allowing me to express my opinion. And in the future, yes, it's an opinion. I'm glad that you recognize that. It's an opinion, and you did very well. Yeah, and thank you for calling in. To give you back. Have a wonderful weekend to you and the listeners. And I hope and pray and work. Faith without works is dead. So we must get to work, <laughs> not only talk about it. All right, be blessed thank and be well. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jackie. E from Edgewater, you're on the air. Good afternoon, Eutrice. Good afternoon, E. What's going on? What's on your mind today? Well, before I get to that, could I just ask you, I was just curious because I live in Florida, too. I'm about 200 miles north of you. Is there a big hurricane going on down there? No. It's, but they keep talking about winds uh, gathering speed and whatnot. But okay. nothing is happening right now. All right, because it's just uh, mildly overcast over here. There's no wind and it's not raining. Pretty hot, muggy, but normal Florida June weather. It's just that it seems like we just get to June and they're already starting with the terrorizing us of, with the hurricane stuff. You know, that's just the point that... It's 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 usually the the hurricane season September to November. That's when it really gets going. But now they're starting us in June and terrorizing people already. So I was just curious because I was hearing a lot of reports of some uh, tropical storm hitting the south uh, tip of Florida. So far, nothing. All right. So so what I wanted to uh, talk about is the. Uh, these school shootings, and uh, they've been going on for a long time now. I don't know, Columbine seems to me at least 30 years ago 
And since then, it's been one after another. And I don't see them coming up with any solution to protect our, our, our little children. They're innocent, and they need to be protected. And, and, and all of these happenings, these shootings, you know, show that. Now, I don't even hear a Band-Aid solution, nothing. They just keep on going. Uh, they, they, they say a lot of stuff. Uh, get rid of guns. We all know that if a person wants to get a gun, they can get a gun. There's plenty of guns out there, whether they make them illegal or not. If a crazy person wants to get a gun and do some damage, they can do it. My solution, it might not be a great solution, but I think it's viable and it could be done. Since most of these shootings happen in small towns throughout America, you know, there's a police precinct and they have police. Now, you could make an annex. Let's say they have a couple of schools in this town. You can make a police annex in the school, convert a classroom into a police precinct annex, and you could have like 10, 8, 10 police officers working in that annex, and they would be in the school, and that would leave, that would have a police presence in the school, and that would deter these crazies from thinking they could go in and shoot up all these children, and nothing's going to happen to them. If they know that police are in the schools, maybe that would be a deterrent, and at least it would be showing that we care about our children and we're, and we're willing to do something about it. So, so uh, well, I, I'm, I listen to you, but I don't agree. I don't agree. The reason is when you do something like that and you, you accentuate even more the police presence on a school campus, we should have the, uh, we should have the idea that this is not part of what we consider education. This is something else. And the school now becomes a uh, a fighting turf. Whoever wants to do harm against the cops, is, and it's happening in the school environment. That doesn't solve anything. <laughs> You're saying that the police should be afraid? No, I'm saying the police should be off campus. Well, I haven't heard I haven't heard any police precincts being shot up by some crazed maniac. Eighteen. Well, not yet. Not yet, but that will soon come. Because but, but the point having is, tested having tested their will, having tested their will against other citizens, they're going to ramp it up. It's just a natural sequence. They'll get more brazen. They'll get more uh, combative, and they will relish the idea of going up against the cops. So education is not what is going to be going on on the campus. So it in other words, be, uh, well, well most of these, I'm talking about these grammar school with, where you have young children, you know, yes. little children that are very innocent, and, you know, they, they might probably... I mean, I don't have young children anymore. I have a daughter who's in her 40s, and she's a school teacher. So I'm concerned about somebody going into her school and shooting her, too. So, but, I, but if I had young children, I'd be very, very upset and very, very nervous about things. And I don't I, – I can't see any other way, really, of protecting them without having armed police in the same environment. And that would be a deterrent. If I'm a crazed killer and I want to kill somebody, I'm not going to go where I know police, armed police are going to be. If I'm a one person, I'm going to go take on 10 armed policemen just so I can try to kill some little kids. I don't think I, I, would, I would take that chance. Go well, into there a are movie people theater. who will. There are people who will, and they would see this as perhaps a prize, not to kill the kids, but to kill the cops in the kids' yeah, school. But you, 
you're assuming that they would succeed in doing that. How do you know that that would be the case? Maybe they would die real I'm fast. Saying, and that, and that I'm would saying more people from thinking to do that. I'm trying no, to... No, I'm saying the protection place, for school us. is a place for education. And that should Police be the emphasis. Supposed to pro- yeah, to protect Police outside. To- Patrol the community. You have all kinds of ways in which the police can make their presence felt and can assure safety or, you know, uh, increase safety in the community. They have no place in a school. Well, they have security guards in schools already. They had them in New York, right? When you had to walk through the uh, metal detectors and you had the guards. But the guards aren't trained police officers. They, they got a job as a security guard, and they harass the students because they can. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about making an actual police annex in the school, in the class, where they report to and do their work there instead of at the precinct. What's wrong with that? Yeah, so you have a, you, what's wrong with that is that you have and you will have established literally a police state under the yeah, guise that you're that, doing good, you're, you're meaning well. Yeah, but we're going that way anyway, so it might as well. No, that's not children. the way you make policy. That's not the way policy is made to say, well, no. we're going that way. We might, you know, murders are increasing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Murders are increasing. So that's, let people do what they want to do. Murder some more. That's not the way you make public policy. What does a child? Some more. I'm saying. I'm saying. Let's stop the murder by putting secure, uh, real police in the school. I don't know if that it's has viable never... in big cities, but they could do okay, it in these but... small towns. No, they can't. You, know, you live in a small. Same thing, same problem, and the issue is police are not and should not be used as policymakers in education. That's why you have a police commissioner, that's a separate entity. He could make all the rules he wants, but leave the kids out of it. They need an environment that fosters their learning and their comfort. That's what they need. They do not need to see all these uniformed people and you create, in effect, a war zone and you you have children who are coming into contact with the visual of that every single day. As a kid, do you want to see police in your school every day? Yes. Because now... Yes, you say that, but then you will also develop a mentality that you are not safe without some kind of law enforcement presence in your life. And, and you cannot run a nation like killings. that. Exactly. They're not safe. They're being killed left and right. Too many times. No, 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 no. You're exaggerating. And exaggerating. The children. You are exaggerating. You are debating me, and you don't want to give me a chance to finish anything that I have to say. Because you're all over the place. We talked about the fact that you want to be focused on what it is you're presenting. You're making wild statements, and you're making broad generalities, which are not factual. The fact is, all throughout the United States, do you have children being killed in the schools? Do you? No, you have a but you have a, some some instances where tragedy has occurred, and it is clear that much of it had to do with trouble at home, home, home. And they bring it to the school. Mm-hmm. This, the first person this young man killed was his grandmother. Right. 
Okay. I'm not talking what does about that say? how to solve the problem of the mentally uh, unstable people. Uh, no, no, we have because a big he, problem yeah. that we have. Yes, but he like killed his grandmother world. and then went to school and killed some more. Right. You don't recognize the chain reaction there. You don't recognize right. and that. If he went into the school and there was armed police there. They would have killed him instead of having nineteen more kids killed and two teachers. That's okay, what I'm you're saying. missing the point. You're missing the point. I'm not missing the point. I understand exactly what yes, you're sure. saying. We don't want a police state, but uh, but at this at yeah. this uh, point, at this point, I think something needs to be done to protect the young children in these small towns where I think it could be done. What might help? What might help? What might help is a stable home environment and resources available to people who clearly need it. This young man, this didn't just blow up on the day that he blew up. Everybody must have known, including in his household, that he has had major mental problems, but they did nothing. Nothing. Nobody could tell me they didn't know. He was ill for a long time. They hid it. They ignored it. Yeah. Well, I had a <laughs> But brother. we did nothing about it. Well, I had a brother who went to Vietnam, and he got shot through both legs. And when he came back from Vietnam, he didn't have to have a problem with his legs. He had a problem in his mind from what he went through and that experience he was put through. And he was very hard to deal with after that. And the government didn't care. They gave him his money. But you, you, you jump into a whole different pills. subject now. You jump into a whole different subject. I am saying where this young man is concerned, they somebody knew that right. he was and not they, he was not in good health for a long time. They did nothing about it. I understand that. Apparently. I understand that, that, what that, you're saying. That's, you're that's where. Yes, but that's where the correction started. That's where it ought to have started. Not to put police in schools. These children who were killed were perfectly well behaved. They were studying. They were obeying the rules. They were minding their own business. They were typical innocent children. Here comes this guy who has been having major problems that nobody in his family would talk about, let alone go and get help for. And he explodes on the community and kills 19 children and their two, two teachers. Who's responsible? The parents of the, of the boy. But that doesn't solve the problem. That doesn't do anything to say that. They, well, it solves they, the problem they, because if it's not just him. the parents of the boy, you have finished the parents. just a little bit. Wait a minute. Yeah, but you've been talking. No, I've been listening been. to you. So I'm saying you had a problem made manifest to all these educated people all the systems that they have for support, they should have known that this young man was going to explode at some point. And he, there should have been an intervention years before this thing happened, but they didn't do anything. They didn't want the shame of having uh, uh, somebody who's mentally ill in their family. And that is itself mental illness. Right. So he kills, his, he kills his grandmother. Is, first one. It's a it's a systemic problem that's worldwide. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. No, mental, it's not. Don't, don't try to. Men, it's not a systemic problem. Yeah, mental illness. Would like is, to, no, mental it's not a systemic problem. Well. 
What that boy had on his mind should never have been in his mind, and somehow it got in there. And I think it's from the system that we have here where we allow children. You see, there you go again. You you already are postulating. It's a systemic thing. We're creating these monsters left and right. No, you can't say that. This technology. You can't say that at all. And, can't say and, that. and we have to do something to protect the children from these monsters. And I, no, I, I'm not saying my idea was going to be the children. Thing. He killed his grandmother first. Children, people, everyone. All right. No, no, no. It's not, this tells you there is something definitive about his mental condition that should have been looked at thoroughly when it manifested itself. But they sent the boy to a psychiatric uh, center for evaluation. They tried to do something, and the, and the system is not helping. They're not seeing that this boy needs to, uh, help, and he can't be out Listen. running around in the street doing whatever he wants to do. They needed to have him constrained in, in some kind of psychiatric center when he's expecting... No, that he, what he needed was competent care. Students, that when he graduates, he's buying the gun. He's going to be eighteen. So and what? He's go kill people. He said it. So ahead of time. So he so said why it. Why is he out so in the what? open? Why isn't he locked up in a psychiatric unit? Because nobody in the house thought that he was mentally ill. Apparently. How do you know that? The people who had, otherwise he would have been in in treatment, deep treatment. But he was sent to an eval, a psychiatric evaluation. That's the story that I that, I that That's an evaluation as opposed to treatment, as opposed to the parents acknowledging and understanding what mental illness is and what this young man's particular problem was. They're not interested in that. They feel ashamed. They feel embarrassed. They don't want the neighbors to know. They want to present to the community that everything is fine in their household and they're in charge. Well, how did that work out? Okay, Yatrice, I'm sorry that I used up all the time here. It's the end of the show. It's a very difficult uh, situation, and, you know, I was just trying to think of something that might help, and it's something to debate about. So, I'll leave it here. Thank you. Thanks for calling in and contributing. And to everyone who did call in and contribute today, we have to face these problems head on. The reason we are experiencing so many crises is that we, we, we have hidden from these problems and we have hidden the problems themselves. We are very reluctant to admit that our house, our physical house itself, is not always in order. Have a good weekend and we see each other Monday. Bye-bye.